Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining Creative Connections. I'm Adam Deer, and today I am joined by the magnificent drag queen, Maxie Shields. Maxie, hello. Hi, how are you? I'm fantastic. How are you doing? I'm, I'm, it's bloody cold today. It I is. I know that's stupid because we're coming up to winter, but it, ah, I'm freezing my tits off. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's cold. I got the thick track pants, the thick socks. I've got, I've got my doona and I've got my two dogs. So, you know when it's cold, when the dogs start sitting on your lap, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> um, and I actually thought we should maybe begin with our mutual love of Downton Abbey. Oh. Because <laughs> oh. I saw... I saw... Well, see, my, my partner rolls his eyes whenever I say that. But, oh, my God. Like, I was late. I, I got two friends, Vanity and Tora, and they're like, bitch get on to Downton Abbey and I'm like oh, you know I'm 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 starting from behind the eight ball in that um I don't uh I didn't start from when they started so I had like I think six seasons or what five seasons or what have you to catch up on anyway the um <laughs> once I started oh my god yeah you could start I was like I was like at work, that's when we had normal work. I was at work and um, I was thinking, oh, my God, is she going to kiss him or <laughs> what's the downstairs going to do? And now sort of I bought the cookbook, so now I'm going to be making, yes, you know. I saw the cookbook. Is it good? <laughs> it's great. It's divided into upstairs and downstairs. Oh, right. And it's basically yep. taking a lot of the recipes and ye old worldy recipes um, uh, from the show. But, yeah, there's a lot of, you know, spotted dick and toad in the hole and all that sort of exciting <laughs> things. So, uh, yeah, my partner keeps rolling his eyes because I'm like, guess what we're having for dinner tonight? Trickle <laughs> tart. Yeah. yeah, the next, next six months of food is set. <laughs> six months. There's another one. There's actually another one that I'm getting from – oh, I'm sounding crazy now, aren't I? No, it's um, all good. There's, a, there's another one coming from America as well. So we'll see. I reckon we'll get a year out of it. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Sure, your partner will love it. Uh, and so, yeah, as I mentioned in the intro, you're a professional drag queen. So, who is Maxi Shield, and how were they born? Um, well, I I'm one of those ones that uh, my drag is an extension of me, so a glamorous extension of me. So, there's no third person. There's no creating of character. More so, I uh, I'm trying to think when the we used to have a dress up box when we were very young. And I always seem to dress as the school teacher or, you know, <laughs> the girly one. So, you know, it, I think it's always been there. Um, oh, goodness. Year 12 concert, I dressed as Madonna on, on stage and did Like a Virgin. Then when I used to work at a hotel, I dressed uh, in drag for a Christmas party. But on Oxford Street sort of wise, um, I did Shop Yourself Stupid. I think that was... 19 the 1996 i think it was mm -hmm. uh on the back of a truck so we, they used to do a big fundraiser for uh bgf uh, i think it was and um yeah so i was promised a huge truck with a sound system i turned up it was a ute with a <laughs> handheld <laughs> cd player <laughs> but i got on stage and i did uh no doubt i'm just a girl and it was amazing. It was, it was so fabulous. So I know if anyone who is creative, not just drag queen, anyone that does anything creative, as soon as that, that switch hits, 
you know it's right. So, and I've always liked, everyone loves dressing up. Mm. If, if you say it's a dress up party, some people will be like, uh, others will be like, great. What's the theme? Great. And a lot yeah. of people now have dress up boxes. So yeah. Yeah. And was, was the name something that came really easily or was that a quite a process? <laughs> well, I, I, <laughs> this is when I lived in Wollongong. I lived with a, a lesbian friend of mine. Um, uh, both of us weren't out when we lived together, but then the last week before we moved away, we came out to each other and I was like, oh, well, this would have been easier for the three years that we lived together if we would have known this. But anyway, but uh, she was, I gave her, her name was Mr. Wayne King and uh, she gave me Maxi Pad. Right. And I thought, oh, I'm too glamorous to be a pad. So that's why I became Maxi Shield. So you know what a Maxi Shield is, don't you? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And the drag queens, especially drag, uh, drag queens in Australia, a lot of their names were puns, so, mm. which is good. And so, as you said, you know, performing came naturally to you. People love dressing up. Was there a specific appeal to drag for you aside from performing? Just performing is... Um, I, I think it's more so of the dressing up. It was fabulous. You could, you could be glamorous, um... Uh, all the sparkles that you want um, and it's it's one of those things as well I don't know if it's just a gay man thing or no g- girls do it as well when you put on a swishy skirt straight away you want to spin <laughs> it's your natural thing so you know uh, I guess I just wanted to keep that skirt spinning and it seems like there's a lot of elements that go into putting on a performance is, is there like a, a, a team that works with you or is a lot of it put together on your own? Um, concept wise, it, it's me. Um, I'm, you know, I've 24 years full time. I'm not a sewer. <laughs> so I've got, I've got someone that helps me sewing, which is great because uh, I'm creative, but uh, there, there is, there's that, uh, oh, how do I explain it? I know how to be creative, but then there's those other people that know to take it to a next level. Mm. So I might say, oh, I want a black dress, whereas they'll go, wait on, how about we do this? And I'm like, oh, God, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> so I can start with the concept and we can build from that. So uh, that wise, uh, costuming, I've got a friend that does that, Miss Kirsten Dam. Um, music editing, Usually I've got a, a, another person that's skilled, Miss Amelia Airhead, um, but putting the concept and making it happen is usually on your own. Great. And it's, and where do you, where have most of your performances been? I mean, is Oxford street the place? Uh, for 24 years, it's, it's been very diverse. Um, I don't fit the standard drag queen mold in that I'm short and round. <laughs> I'm not tall and skinny. So but I feel like uh, that's coming, coming in more, at least from well, what I've looked into, like a little bit. Yes. It's, 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 you know what, there's a, um, when I first started, there was something called the beige brigade where you were all tall, basically the same size, skinny. Whereas if you were my shape or a bit weird, you had to find your own job, which sort of has benefited us because we um, are, those type of people that just goes out and make it 
uh, make work for ourselves. So production shows or the stock standard Priscilla style shows, uh, I've never been cast in. I've always created myself. So, um, yeah, so those ones I've done on Oxford Street. Uh, I worked at Scruffy Murphy's, which is a straight Irish bar for 17 years. So I've done a great cross-section of straight and gay venues, which is, which is fantastic. And I remember a few years ago with the, the lockout laws, not the lockdown laws, the lockout laws that were put in place for some of the pubs. Did that impact your work? where you could and couldn't work uh, like your hours and that kind of thing? Well, yeah, because the, when the shift was around, um, I used to actually start work. My first show was one o'clock in the morning. Mm. So with lockout laws, they brought everything earlier. Um, but as I said before, because I'm not a stock standard, you know, the drag queen that we're quite used to, uh, I created my own work. So I um, came up with something called Meals on Heels, which was drag waitressing, which was bringing um, uh, people in earlier, creating food options in venues rather than just being a nightclub later on. So we had uh, girls starting at sort of six o'clock in the afternoon, Um, places like Stonewall that had a, a, a kitchen in it. Then we got to serve sort of food there straight from the kitchen. But places like the Colombian, we worked on relationships between uh, the venue and restaurants or food providers. So uh, Bolochios, which was next, to, uh, next door to the Colombian, we used to deliver food from that restaurant, which also increased sort of the relationships and keeping Oxford Street alive, you know, uh, and keeping girls in work, which was very important. And have you found that more straight venues uh, are in getting drag shows in? Uh, a lot of them are doing bingos and, and sort of trivias and what have you. But as I said before, I've always sort of worked in quite a few straight bars. So mm. it's not like I've seen an influx. Maybe I've seen an influx of those girls that never worked in straight venues starting to work in straight venues, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So those ones that uh, wouldn't employ me, but so I went and got jobs in, in straight venues, all of a sudden are popping up and going, oh, my God, you know, I'm working here. It's like, girl. and i was wondering about the process of getting ready for a show i mean how long does it take you to to look your best um uh 45 minutes oh boom you've got it down pat (laughs) i've been doing it a while it just depends probably probably from woe to go i give myself an hour and a half and that means i'm usually sitting on the lounge just depends i like to watch bold and beautiful Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I'm usually doing my makeup while watching Bow of the Beautiful. So that takes a little longer than sort of, but yeah, if, if you're working at night, then small things like you'll fix your wig during the day, you make sure everything's clean, all those little steps that, you know, you walk into your drag room and you do this for 10 minutes and then that's ready and, you know, bits and pieces. And is... Is the drag scene, is there a competitive nature to it? I mean, is there any kind of backstage rivalry stuff or is everyone just pretty cruisy? Um, Sorry to put you on the spot. Yeah, you don't well, have to it just name depends. <laughs> <laughs> it depends. You're protective over your work, especially now that there's no work at mm-hmm. all. Uh, so you were protective over your work. 
We find now uh, there's, a, there's, there's a sisterhood. There's a sisterhood of the Travelling Lash where, um, you know, the pros don't stick together, but we've got that sort of sisterhood, if you know what I mean. Um, now with the influx of RuPaul and internet and people are doing faces and, and, and doing drag and not leaving their bedrooms, you know, that sort of thing, and instantly people will sort of put a face on and want to work. That's, I wouldn't say bitchy, maybe protective. Mm. That's that's a better word. I think you're protective over your work, especially if it's your only form of income. And how is that, have you been able to adapt in this time? Has that been, as you said, with people going a bit more digital, has that been something that you've been able to explore? Um, well, like everyone else, I shit myself. <laughs> no, well, we've worked as contractors for so long that being used to having a job and then not having a job, sort of the drag scene, I think straight away we go, shit, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? I was very lucky in that a friend of mine um, is the general manager of a nursing home. So he's been trying to get me to do uh, this role at a nursing home for ages and I've always said, look, I work late, I can't, I can't. So uh, I was lucky enough to fall into a full-time job at a nursing home. Um, it's a, it's a, my, my posh title is Lifestyle and Leisure Officer, which basically means that um, I help with activities for the oldies. So it's, as I said, that long doing one job full-time and then to flip it and do a full-time uh, day job as oh my god <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean you're so hard. used to working it's, nights yes so it's during the day as well as you know what a lot of the the residents have dementia mm-hmm. so trying to sort of navigate that has been very very interesting um the the reward there is rewarding things there it's very very hard it's it's very overwhelming uh it's something i've never done before i'm lucky because uh when my friend said oh we've got this sort of job would you be interested i said well how many unemployed drag queens can you use (laughs) so uh my sister girlfriend come and get it she actually started in 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 another nursing home just sort of the suburb across so numerous times we've sort of finished work and we're on the phone together going oh shit oh my god what happened today? Oh my God. Oh my God. What are we doing? <laughs> what have we signed up for? But um, yeah, so it's, I was very lucky to have mm. that. Um, basically to answer your question, I have dabbled a little bit into digital. I, uh, I've been doing a, a something on Instagram live, uh, Maxie's uh, couch potato, which is sort of like a talk show, I guess, chatting to my creative friends, seeing how they're surviving, seeing what they're selling and seeing what they're, uh, their creative drive has sort of directed them to because they're not able to perform. Mm. And it's, do you feel in some ways this has brought the community together a bit? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think, I think it's brought a lot of people that may not, or maybe shouldn't be on <laughs> doing online shows. There's a quite a few of those. Yeah. Gone, everyone's oh, come uh, out of woodwork. I'm <laughs> like, yeah, maybe you should do something else. Yeah, well, there's a couple of like, you know, I'm just giving you content. I was like, you don't have to love. It's okay. Just, just, just say hi every now and again. It's okay. <laughs> you don't got to give me content. So yeah, but that's, you know what? Go for it. If you're not hurting anyway, anyone jump on it, girl. 
And um, I just brain faded. I'll ask something else. Um, (laughs) I was talking too much. Sorry. No, it was was fantastic. (laughs) It was great. Um, I was also wondering with performances, of course, you've done many, many, many performances. Has anything ever gone horribly wrong that's kind of stuck with you, that's kind of funny now but sucked at the time? Um, a firework went off in my face. That wow, was fun. Okay. That's um, I still have I still have scars, Jeez. and that was at the start of a performance. There was at a pole dancing performance in front of a thousand plus people. Uh, the yeah, so I was burnt, and all I could think of was we've just started the show. I can't go to hospital. Um, so I literally were putting um, water bottles on my face to cool me down. And then I proceeded to do a three hour show. So that was fun. Um, <laughs> it seems that I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> every pole dancing, a lot of pole dancing things. Cause I host a lot of the pole dancing. Yeah. Um, How did that come about? Uh, well, I, I was hosting a Miss Exotic contest in King's Cross years ago. And one of the entrants said, oh, my friends just opened up uh, a pole dancing school. Uh, you should come along. I said, rightio. So I was, I was the first boy to go and do pole dancing at Bobby's Pole Studio. And uh, a lot of the girls were like, because I, I look a bit different as a boy. <laughs> I look like a thug. Until I took out my heels and they were like, oh, girl, oh, rightio. So, you know, that sort of continued on from that. But I went to Singapore uh, and I hosted Miss Australasia pole dancing. And um, as I was getting off the huge stage that I needed someone to hold my hand to take me down, my shoe flipped and I broke two of my toes. Oh. And that was, <laughs> there was a lot of F-bombs that day. <laughs> uh, and that was halfway through the show. So I had to proceed through the whole show with broken toes and do, and do a performance. And you don't realise so, how much uh, you need toes or this even uh, one. Oh, my God. And oh, my heels. God. Yeah, in heels, high heels as well. So, so anyway. Have yeah, a few drinks it's, afterwards. It's good fun. It's better than nine to five. Trust me, I'm doing nine to five. <laughs> it's better than nine to five. <laughs> yeah, what kind of is this sort of shift time? I mean, you were saying before you usually on it about one. What time? Well, that was that was pre pre lockout uh, right. and pre me turning forty. Uh, <laughs> now I've turned forty. You um, look great. That is a lot. Sorry, you look great. Oh, thank you. A lot of injections. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not silly. Uh, yeah, I turn forty six next week, next oh, Monday, wow. which is crazy. Um, but the I've pre- sort of moved all my sort of shows so they're a bit earlier so there's no there's no 2 a.m shows anymore there's oh, more nice. you know 10 10 p.m shows and you know i think the latest is 12 30. okay cool and do you get I'm what kind of things are going to the yeah what kind of mixture of audiences it got do you find going it um it's oops. A lot of the gay clubs, there's, there's a, lot, a lot of gay boys uh, that go. Uh, we're seeing a lot of uh, uh, sort of girls going, sort of a lot more mix. As much as we're going to touch on the R word, uh, the RuPaul, um, it's, there, there's goods and bads. The great thing is that is including everyone 
Um, we're getting a lot more integration, a lot more people coming and visiting and appreciating drag. Uh, one of the downsides is that everyone watches a TV show and is an expert now. <laughs> and, um, you know, when you have someone come over and say to you, girl, mm-mm, and you're like, fuck off. <laughs> yeah, like everyone just, thinks yeah, they're an expert and has an opinion. Yeah, exactly. And you're like, you just watched a TV show. You just watch the TV show. Oh, well, I hate her. I, you're exactly like us. I'm like, well, no, I'm not. I'm like me. Well, who's mm. your favourite drag queen? This is me. <laughs> oh, no, but RuPaul's drag. I said, oh, sorry, I don't watch that. <coughs> and in the, the flip side, I've worked with a lot of the RuPaul girls and they're incredible. They're absolutely amazing. And, you know, the ones that everyone's like, oh, I hate her. She's, she's awful. She's this, she's that. The sweetest queen ever. Mm. It's really sweet. It's like, it's a TV show, guys. Come on. Yeah, I mean, a great it's TV show, which is scripted, yeah. fun, and I want the RuPaul dollars. So if it comes to Australia, <laughs> sure, I'll jump on. Yeah, great. <laughs> and as you were saying before, yeah, you've been a professional drag queen for over twenty years. Are there some things that you that have changed quite a lot since you started out, or in the industry? And well, when I started, you know. Uh, when I started, we didn't have iPhones. <laughs> Which is true. <laughs> so there's yes. a lot of things. It's true. So there's a lot of things that, you know, there's, uh, I was chatting to Vanity recently and, and sort of she had a whole heap of photos and I had a whole heap of photos. You know, the old school went to Kodak and had it printed out. You can actually um, hold it in your hand. Yeah, exactly. Some of those. And we was like, oh, shit aren't we glad there was no iPhones? It's like, oh, my God. <laughs> like we're missing large portions of our career that would have been incredible to sort of capture. But at the same time, you know, there's, you know, we've been lucky. There's a couple of times that, you know, the Midnight Shift used to do a day club from 10 a.m. and staggering home, you know, <laughs> at, at 2 p.m. from a whole night and a whole day there. I'm glad there was no phones for that because, woo, <laughs> she ain't as young as she used to be. <laughs> and are things, have you noticed just even um, the, the kind of shows that happen, have, have that, does that change much or is it pretty much the same, similar kind of structure? I think, look, it's, it's similar but... Uh, it's similar, but add inflation, I guess. Does that make sense? Mm. Uh, so it would be similar, but now we have technology where, you know, then uh, I remember prior to, to me, I worked with an old lady girl named Mon Kelly, and she said that she used to cut um, cassette tapes with scissors and join it together with uh, sticky tape. So, you know, <laughs> music editing now is incredible. Lighting is incredible. Makeup is incredible. Uh, wigs. Like we wear wigs and people are like, oh, your hair looks amazing. It's like it's a wig. I've got a wig. It's just so incredible now. So mm. technology is, is taking it forward. But, you know, when you bring it back, is it guys miming to scones? <laughs> yeah. Is that? So, yeah. So I think, I think. We, we, we're similar, but, you know, technology is taking it to a whole new level that we could only sort of dream about, as well as, you know, our Instagrams and our social medias now are bringing shows to 
our, our lounge rooms, mm. which now we need, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how do you feel about the way that the arts industry has been treated in a way with the government? I mean, they've kind of been hung out to dry a bit. Has that been? It's a, it, yes. It's a, that's the, we have a saying that we're first to go and last to come back which is exactly what we're going to, to be. And, you know, I personally, as I said, I'm, I was lucky enough to get a job. So there's no money issues. Um, we, we've got two dogs. That's our only dependence at all. Um, but could you imagine families? Mm. You know, mum, dad work in a restaurant. We've got three kids, four kids. It's like, you know, mum, dad work in a band. Mum, dad are sound engineers or working costumes or, you know, it's not just sort of, you know, pub live acts. You've also got to think of, you know, those costume people that work for the opera or, you know, mm. <laughs> Wicked or all this sort of stuff. These people are out of work and, you know, we're the, we bring joy. Come on. Don't forget us. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I was just in kind of wrapping up for someone who maybe was moving towards becoming a drag queen or moving into that industry. Is there some tips and advice that you would give maybe even to a younger self starting out? Yeah. Don't steal my job, bitch. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wasn't sure if I've asked the wrong thing. You're like, oh, don't do it. <laughs> Yeah. But even no, no, no. I that you've like, oh crap! I wish I knew that twenty years ago. I think uh, not to myself. I think this is to because I when I started was a different time. So you know, to know what I know now, I couldn't translate it back to to when. I think maybe my advice to someone who wants to start now, uh, when when I started, I was probably two years I didn't work I, you know I was a social queen which is something that we don't really see anymore um I hung out with my sister girlfriend that we sort of started drag together Catherine Gorge um we'd go out we'd get pissed you know we'd be silly buggers you know we, we'd ring each other and say Thursday night do you want to go out what are you wearing oh we're red oh we're red too I said I all right, let's go. And we'd have these great experiences. We'd swish around. We'd, we'd be silly buggers. I think that's my advice to baby queens now. Go out, be a social queen, learn basic things like, you know, how to have fun, how to talk to people, how to interact with people. It doesn't mean that you have to jump straight on stage and be a performer straight away. I think, the most important thing is connecting to the community that you're a part of as well. And don't touch my job. <laughs> <laughs> well, Maxie Shield, it's been awesome talking to you. It's been really fun. Thanks so much for being on the podcast. Thank you so much for interviewing me. Well, that's all we have time for today. Thank you so much for listening. Please make sure you like and follow Adam Deer on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and join me next week on Creative Connections.